Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. Yeah. The Lord is good. Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for the joy of your word. Lord, I was listening to Dad Hagen the other day and he talked about what a privilege it is to stand on the word. Not just a duty, not just something we have to do, but Lord, when tests and trials come, we get the privilege, the privilege to stand on your word and release our faith. And so we thank you, Lord, anytime we get around your word, anytime we get the privilege of encamping around your word, talking about your word, preaching about your word, it is a privilege. So therefore, it is a privilege to be at church tonight because your word, we're, we're thrilled. We're thrilled with your word and it's going to work for us because we're thrilled with it. Open up their hearts now. Thank you for the anointing on me. Thank you for the anointing on them to receive the word. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Be our great teacher and lead us into all truth and show us things to come. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. Well, praise God. There is a grace on me to travel. I'm not sure why God did that, but he did. And, uh, and so what a privilege to be with Pastor when she, when she travels. We were supposed to go to Israel last week, and then we weren't, you know, it just, it just wasn't the right time for Pastor to go. But the Lord said to me, uh, you're still going. I said, really? <laughs> really? And he said, yes, you're still going. So I called the pastor, expecting the pastor to say, no, no, don't come. And he said to me, Pastor Craig, I, I'm begging you. He said, I'm begging you to come. And he said, I don't do that very often. He said, but we're going through such a, such a challenging time. And he said it would mean a lot to the congregation. And then I just heard that Pastor Bill Matthews was just there last week and uh, during the ceasefire. Now the ceasefire ended, so he texted me yesterday. The rockets are flying again. And he said, we might have to cancel everything that we planned with you. I'm supposed to preach in Palestinian churches, Arab churches, Jewish churches. And he said, we might have to cancel everything because nobody wants to go to church right now. Everybody's afraid and then bomb shelters and everything. But he said, just come on anyway. Well, when there's a grace for you to go to those places, there's no fear. We just go and have fun. Praise God. And we'll just, we'll fulfill the plan of God, won't we? But what a privilege. It is always such a privilege. We're, we're in this for life. Pastor Morgan didn't know it. She didn't know it when she first met me. Doctor, don't meet with people alone because he don't know if you're crazy or not. And so that first meeting, Brother Stephen and Pastor Morgan were there. Do you remember that, Pastor Morgan? And, uh, we weren't very familiar with California, so we took the 215 instead of the 15 and got lost, and he was waiting for us. And, and she didn't know then, but I knew it in my heart. God said, you're connected with him for life. And when God puts you with a man, he puts you with a family. He doesn't, in my opinion, uh, other people disagree with me, but I'm with the Dufresnes for life. So tough luck, you're, you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. But we're going to have a good time tonight. I, you don't have to write notes if you don't want, because I have something I'm going to hand you out at the end, and that will kind of be your notes. But if you want to write notes, you can. Um, but I just have something that I, I was going to minister along the lines, some of the stuff I've been preaching at my church. But the Lord said something very specific to me, and he said, I want you to talk to them about the tithe. And no, most people don't come and talk about the tithe because you, you're, you're tithers. And I know this church has had exceptional teaching on that. Uh, but I just felt in my heart, the Lord said, just, I want you to talk about the tithe. And uh, I, I've shared that in some other churches that I've traveled to in the last year. And he just said, I want you to share that a little bit. And one of the reasons why is because, um, well, sometimes you go to churches and they don't believe in tithing. So you have to lay, but that, this church is not like that. 
So I'm not trying to convince you to tithe because you're already tithers. I'm sure the vast majority of you are. But there are blessings attached to the tithe that a lot of people don't, don't, they don't really focus on that. They focus on their obedience to the covenant. Then they put that in and they don't really think about it anymore. God's been dealing with me. If you will stand on the promises connected to the tithe, it'll work for you. A lot of people don't talk about the promises connected to the tithe, but there are promises connected to the tithe. So I'm not sharing this with you so that you'll tithe. I know that you're a tithing church, but this is a local church. It's not a conference. And I think it would help people in the local church to be reaffirmed as a foundation because this is such an important part. We're not afraid to talk about money because the gospel's free, but it's, it's, it's not, it's free, but it costs something to pump it to you. Like Dad Hagen said, you know, he would say it's free, but it costs something to pipe it to people. The water is free, but you got to get it to the people. And it costs money, and we're not into schemes and gimmicks. God's system is the tithe. I go to West Africa, we have a work in Liberia, and I have to, Pastor Jay Eberly has a work in Nigeria, which is also West, and we have to work with the pastors and change their thinking because they have crazy thinking over there, false doctrine, and to pray for healing, it's $100. To dedicate your child is $400. You know, if you want baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's $700. And they charge people for the gospel, but they won't talk about tithing. So it becomes a, it becomes a, that's not right. You don't, you don't charge people to pray, to minister the anointing. That's, that's merchandising. You don't do that. But God has a system. All of that's free. But God has a system to fund the local church. And it's the tithe. Now, I don't know. I won't say names. Because I don't do that. I won't do that. Especially when I'm in somebody else's. But I'm my but I'll just say whatever I want. I just cut live stream and I talk. But no, I don't. I don't. I don't. But I won't say names. But I'll tell you something. There is a massive, massive attack right now in the body of Christ through some big name ministers. That if I were to tell you their names, you would know their names. Thank God they're not people that Pastor Nancy, you know, has in her pulpit or anything like that. But there is an attack, an assignment from the devil, it is demonic in nature, against the tithe. To try to get people to realize, to think that it's just the pastor trying to get money out of you. It's just this, it's just that, it's just the other thing. And I'm telling you, there is, a, there is, a, there is an assignment against this. And the Lord said to me one day when I was praying, he said, Son, the tithe is more for the New Testament than it ever was for the Old. But the argument of these, so, these ministers that are telling you so-called truth is that the tithe is an Old Testament legalistic thing. And we're free in the New Testament, and that's why we don't need to do it. And nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, it's the opposite of that statement. The tithe is more for the New Testament than it ever was for the Old. And I'm going to show you that through Scripture, but we're also going to talk about blessings. And if you'll just stand fast on these blessings and claim them, I'm telling you, they'll work for you. So there's lots of Scripture. I don't have time. If I do the whole thing, it'll take over an hour, and I don't want to do that. But I'll just quote you some verses, and then you can write them down if you want. Um, <clears throat> because what I'm going to give you at the end is about the blessings of the tithe. So anything before that, it's up to you. But I'm not going to read them for sake of time, but just to quote them to you. For example, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, talks about if you obey the covenant, he'll set you on high. There's always a condition. You've got to obey the covenant. Tithing is a part of the covenant. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. <laughs> Tithing is a covenant issue. And it's got nothing to do with the Old Testament or the New Testament or from that perspective. God is a covenant God. He's transdispensational. Tithing is a transdispensational truth. 
It started with Abraham before the law. So don't tell me it's a law deal because it was with Abraham before the law and Melchizedek. And then we see it in Moses and we see it in David. And then we see it in the New Testament because Hebrews 7 verse 8 says, There he receiveth them, the tithe, of whom it is witnessed that he lives forever. That's a post-resurrection scripture. That is new covenant doctrine. The money stays for the vision, but the honor and the reverence and the obedience to the covenant goes up as a smell, the Bible says, a sweet savor in the nostrils of God. If You know when you tithe, he smells your tithe. It goes up before him like incense, the Bible says. So it is new covenant absolutely 100%. But you know that it's beyond the new covenant. It's in the next dispensation called the thousand-year reign of Christ. If you study it in the Old Testament, it talks about that. And it says that Jesus is going to be in person in Jerusalem. That's when he's tabernacling for a thousand years with man. And people are going to have to come to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles and bring their tithe. And it says the ones that refuse to do that, God, judgment falls on them. This is during the thousand year reign of perfection. Judgment falls on them. First, they have no reign. And then diseases start happening to them in a utopian perfect society. And there's going to be people that don't want to tithe even in the next dispensation. Then when Satan is loose at the end of that thousand years and he turns their hearts and they come to want to murder Jesus, the Bible says they come and they outnumber the sands of the sea. At the beginning of the thousand year reign, everybody is born again. Everybody is right with God. When I say born again, I mean they're children of God. They're, they're maybe not in the same class as us that have been raptured, but they're, they're natural bodies, saints. They don't have resurrected bodies. They've made it through the tribulation, but they, they believe in the Lord. They are, they are from that perspective saved. They're going in loving Jesus. Everybody starts loving Jesus, but as the generations go, obviously some, some, some descendants decide not to love Jesus. And then eventually it turns into entire nations toward the end of the thousand years that are not loving God. And they refuse to bring the tithe. Now, when the devil shows up, I'm saying this for a reason. When the devil shows up at the end of that thousand years, he's loosed for a short time. Who do you think he's going to have access to? He's going to go to the ones that refuse to tithe. Because where your treasure is, your heart is, and a tithe shows the heart, your heart toward the covenant. He will turn people that have a money problem first before he turns anybody else. And obviously there's a lot of them because they outnumber the sands of the sea. The Bible says. And they come to murder the son of righteousness. And God says that's enough. He rains fire down and there's a barbecue. And that's it. Then there's a great white throne judgment and we go on from there. But I'm just saying tithing is a trans dispensational. And if you have a problem with it, you'll open the door. You've got to renew your mind that tithing is a, it is a privilege, it is an honor, it is obligated, it is a duty, but it's, don't look at it that way. It's also a duty to stand on the word, but if you look at it like I have to, you'll lose the joy of it. If you look like what a privilege it is to stand, you'll look forward to standing on the word. It's a privilege to tithe. And so you got to obey the covenant, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, and also Exodus 19 verse 5 talks about obedience will bring blessings. So you can't just claim the blessings if you're not obeying it. Now, I'm not reading these for sake of time, but Levit, if you're writing notes, Leviticus 27.30 tells us that God owns the tithe. And that if you want to borrow the tithe, because he owns it, you have to return it to him with a 20% interest. Now, in the New Testament, we're not legalistic about the interest rate. But what I'm saying is God in the Old Testament said, this belongs to me. This is not something that belongs to you. And if you touch it to pay your bills... You don't, don't just owe it back to me. You owe me interest on top of that. Yeah. 
Now, I tell people, you don't have to do the interest. We're, we're in the new covenant. But don't just be using your tithe for groceries or whatever you want. It's a holy thing that God owns. It's not for bills. But God allows emergencies. He knows that there's life. He knows things happen. And he says, if you need it, you can buy it back from God. That's the word redeem. But if you do, you put 20% interest on it. So I'm just saying that he owns it. This is a holy thing. It's a holy, it says the tithe is holy. That means it's set apart. You can't touch it because it don't belong to you. I I sold a house once. We made a $400,000 profit and I was looking at that $50,000 tithe and offering check and I thought, my God, Lord, I'm giving, I'm sure giving a lot. Because sometimes when there's more zeros, you think you're giving a lot. And the Lord said to me, I own that boy. You ain't giving anything. You don't give the tithe, you return the tithe. Now, I gave an offering on top of the tithe, so I was sowing a seed on top of that. But do you understand that 40,000, I wasn't giving anything. The 40,000 never belonged to me to begin with. So I don't care how many zeros you have behind the number, if it was 10% of the increase, you don't own it. So renew your thinking that you don't own it and you'll never stumble over it. And you don't sow a tithe, you sow a seed. A seed is beyond the 10%. The tithe is returned because it wasn't yours to begin with because it's holy. All right, Genesis 14, 20. Again, I'm not reading these for sake of time, but it talked about Abraham tithing and he gave tithes of all. Leviticus 27 also says to give tithes of all. So it's not just your paycheck, brothers and sisters. You get an inheritance if it's increased to you. You get, a, you get a, an investment that you got an increase on. If you have a business, there's a church's tithe. My church tithes to Pastor Nancy. Because whatever comes in is profit to our church. We don't make widgets. But if you make widgets, whatever your product is, find out what the cost was and then what your profit margin is. And as a business, that should be tithed on. And then when you pay yourself, then you tithe personally. Just because my church tithes, that doesn't mean I don't tithe. What I tithe on has already been tithed on by my church to Pastor Nancy. Because the business and the personal is separate. I know you don't like it. I can see some of you, some of you giving me the eye. Like, come on, you're messing with me now. But you tithe on it, no matter what, if it's, if it's increased to you in any way. When some people come up and give me a, what we used to call a Pentecostal handshake, but now I call it a care package because Dr. Dufresne would say, I have care packages come every day. So I have care packages come. I say that, I have them. I believe one day they'll be every day. Right now they're not every day, but they're coming. But anytime somebody hands me something or the church takes a Christmas offering or a birthday offering or a pastor appreciation, I always, t- that's, that's our personal money, but it's increased to me. And I tithe on that. If you want the highest and the best, you'll tithe on all the increase because God owns it and you'll renew your mind to it. Amen. Malachi 3, you know, verse 9, we know the tithing promise. It's one of the few times in the Bible where God says, put me to the test. He says, get bold with me. If you do this, just prove me. Tell me that you expect me to bless you. Because that tithe will produce that blessing. So we see that in Malachi 3. Uh, Again, I'm just quoting some scripture. Genesis 28, verse 22. Uh, This is when when, um, uh, Isaac and Jacob. This is when Jacob got the birthright. Esau wants to kill him. He's running. He's over there in... in, uh, I believe it was Bethel there, the house of God. He's having the dream. He sees the ladder going to heaven. If you read that scripture, he says at the end of that thing, he says, Lord, as I'm running, he's going to his uncle Laban's house. He says, if you'll protect me in this journey and the years that I'm gone, I will give you a tenth of all. Where do you think he learned that from? He learned that from Grandpa Abraham. He learned that from Daddy Isaac. 
And then in the Genesis 31, as he's leaving Laban, God speaks to him and says, I remember your vow that you will tithe. So when you come into the land that I'm going to bring you into, make sure that's the first thing you do. God does not forget the tithe just because time passes. And then in Genesis 35, you see him take the tithe and he offers it to the Lord. If you watch Jacob's story, uh, tithing is connected all the way along. People don't really always know that, but it's true. Now, have a look. Open your Bibles to, because I want to talk about three areas today. Those are some, there's many, many, many scriptures. I'm just giving a few highlights that I've quoted to you, okay? Uh, it would take all night and all tomorrow night and all the next night if we talked about every single scripture. But I want to focus on three that a lot of people don't know and that maybe you're not familiar with. And I believe it will help you and bless you tonight. One is a weird scripture. Ever heard of a weird scripture? Yeah, there's a few of them in there. And uh, I want you to read with me Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 19. Now, this is one that uh, is weird. It's just hard to understand. I wondered about this for years until finally the Holy Ghost spoke to me about it. And, and I realized it's about the tithe. Exodus 23, 19, the first of the first fruits of the land. Now, technically, the first fruits is a separate offering, a separate thing to the tithe. But really, from the perspective, for simplicity's sake, the tithe is the first. The tithe is something you're giving throughout. If you're a farmer, every harvest. If you're like us, every paycheck. But it's something that goes throughout the year. The first fruit offering was just something at the very beginning of the year. But it was still the first of the first paycheck, so to speak. And sometimes they would give the entire amount to God as a honor of the first of the first. But it's still from that perspective, even though it's technically a different kind of offering, it's still in the concept of the tithe because it's the first. Do you understand that for simplicity's sake? So when it says in verse 19, the first of the first fruits of thy land, he's still really talking about the tithe. It's just this was the first offering of the year. But we could still say that it's referring to the tithe because anything to do with the first is the tithe. Are you with me? Yes. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Not to your mailman. Right. Not to the conference center. Not to the minister who sends you a letter in the mail. It's the house of the Lord your God where you're fed. Malachi says it's a storehouse where you're fed. That's why the, the, I know some ministers don't like it, but it's, it's the truth. Yeah. The tithe belongs to the local church because that's where you're primarily fed. Right. Other ministers, they're not your pastor. They're not feeding you. They're not invested in you. They don't know your name. Right. They don't know your name. You shouldn't be tithing to them. And even if they do know your name because you, you buddied up to them, if they're not your main supply, the house of feeding, the storehouse of blessing, that's where that tithe, because that's God's system to fund it. Yes. Are you with me? I can tell I'm making enemies on live stream. <laughs> the first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. What does that mean? <laughs> We're talking about goats now? I did not, that's, a, that's called a weird scripture. So I said, Lord, for years I couldn't understand. Seething a kid in his mother's milk? What on earth is that about? One day the Lord said, he helped me. He said, study this. And I studied and then, he, and then I got some revelation on that. Do you know what it means? The heathen Canaanite people of the land, they would do a practice 
Because remember, they served idol gods, which basically are demons, and they would do demonic practices to try to, to, try to placate the deities to bless them. So this is what they did, and it's very cruel, and it's very demonic. Only the devil could come up with something like this. Okay? What they would do is they would take a baby goat, and they would, just been born, and they would take the mother who is feeding that goat. But they wouldn't let the goat eat, drink the milk. They would take the milk of the mother until they could fill a cauldron. Then they would boil that milk, and then put the live baby goat in the boiling milk, to boil it alive, which is a very cruel practice. It's a heathen practice. Then what they would do is they believed that there was some magical power because the milk was to give life to that, that baby, but now the milk that was supposed to bring life has brought death. So now that milk has got special powers to it. That's what the Canaanites believed. Then they would take the goat out of the milk and they would take that milk and they would go to their trees, their orchards, their crops, and they would sprinkle that milk over all their crops as an honor to their gods that they would worship, Baal and the like. And they believed this milk that brought death instead of life now will invert itself and now by sprinkling it, it will bring life to their crops and they would get a great harvest by doing this. God knew the heathen practice of the Canaanites. And so he said to them, listen, I don't want you using what I call magic milk. Because that's really what it was. It was, they believed it was magic. It was witchcraft. It was, it was, it was a heathen practice of demons. And God was saying, listen, I want you to bring the tithe into my house. Don't go sprinkling magic milk over your crops. Because the heathens will tell you that the magic milk is going to make you blessed. But I'm telling you that the tithe is going to make you blessed. That's why God is saying this. The tithe is God's system to increase us, not some multi-level marketing scheme. Everybody's got some weird thing these days that they're trying to do to make money. And I'm telling you, God's system is not, not try this gimmick and try this thing and try this thing over there and try this thing over there. God's system is just keep it simple, stupid. Bring the tithe and release your faith and honor the covenant and don't do your magic milk stuff. The heathens have to come up with gimmicks, but the, the covenant saints don't have to waste our energy trying to come up with gimmicks. We bring the tithe to the house of God. We release our faith, and that is God's system to increase the house of God and to cause blessings on our lives. So I would encourage you, get the gimmicks. If there's anybody that's struggling with that, put your confidence in the tithe, not in your schemes. Because this, this, this concept has been going around for centuries. Scheme here, scheme there, do this, do that. Uh, you, you try this, you're going to be blessed. No, the God says the tithing is what makes you blessed. So I just encourage you, don't use magic milk. <laughs> Believe in the tithe. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You know, we talk about healing, but tithing is a covenant issue. Healing is a covenant issue. If you want to be healed and it's a covenant issue, make sure the other parts of the covenant are in line. I was in the last meeting Dad Hagen ever preached 
August 16th, 2003. He went to heaven less than a month later. I remember that service, and he taught on healing that whole service. And at the end, I was sitting on the front row beside Dr. Coulter. And at the end, he called up a line, and people were coming for healing, and he was talking to them and everything. And uh, one of the men that came, he was standing kind of just almost in front of me. And uh, Dad Hagen was pretty bold. I mean, he didn't pull punches. I guess when you get older like that, you just don't care no more. I mean, who cares, right? Who cares? I love that. I like that boldness. Anyway, and so, you know, he was, he was ministering to people. And uh, somebody brought a cloth. And uh, don't bring a cloth if the call isn't for cloths. You'll hinder the anointing and the flow on the minister. And Dr. Dad Hagen get annoyed with people. And then hand the cloth. This is for my brother. That's not what I called for. I called for healing to go into your body, not your cousin's body. I'm not praying for that cloth. Next one, what are you here for? That's interesting. Because when the anointing is operating and flowing in a certain way, that flow will interrupt the other flow. Do your cloths at the end. Anyway, that's a side. That was for free. But he came out of the one man, and by the word of knowledge, because he didn't ask other people this, by the word of knowledge, uh, he said, what are you here for? And he says, are you a tither? He must have known by the word of knowledge, because he didn't say that to anybody else. And the man said, well, you know, you know, well, uh, you know, uh, 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 well, I'm not. Are you a tither? Well, well, well no. I'm not praying for you. God ain't going to heal you. Moved right along. What are you here for? I'm serious. It's a covenant issue. If you don't know about it, there's certain mercy. God will give you time to renew your mind. But if you go to a church and you know about it and you know it's a covenant issue and you violate that covenant, uh, you're going to hinder other parts of the covenant, including financial blessing, including healing, including protection. Anything that's of the covenant, it's a package deal. You can't ignore this part of the covenant because it costs you something. But, oh, I'll take that part of the covenant because it gives me something. That's why, Gen- that's why uh, Deuteronomy 28 says, if you obey me, I'll make you. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll put you above and not beneath. So th- there, are, there are reasons why sometimes, not every time, but sometimes people don't get their healing because there is a problem there with finances. And you've got to deal with your heart about that. I'm telling you, you've got to deal with your heart about that. Now, have a look with me, please. This is the second thing I want to share with you. In, uh, in, this is just, I just think this is just the cat's meow. I'm telling you, I just, this blesses me so much. Exodus chapter 13, I'm Canadian. You've got to just put up, I, I say some weird things. And that's okay. That's all right. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter, this blesses me so much because I'm so tired of people saying the tithe is not of the new covenant. They're liars. That's what they are. Liars. That's what they are. They don't know, ignorant. They don't know the word. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how big your name is. If you say that, you're a liar. The tithe is more for this dispensation than it ever was for the past. And God is trying to rob local churches of their supply to try to stunt the pastors so they can't fulfill the vision because some person has decided that it's not, it's not, it's not of this time anymore. And God showed me this one day. I've never heard anybody preach this, but I'm telling you it's the truth. And he said, you preach it bold, son. I said, Lord, you've come to the right crazy guy. I'll do it. I'll do it. What, are they going to kick me out? I live in Canada. They can't kick me out. Exodus 13, 11, read it with me. And it shall be, watch this, when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore unto thee and to thy fathers, that he shall give it to thee. 
that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix. That means the womb. That means the first. Every firstling that comes of a beast which thou hast, the males thereof shall be those. He's talking about the first belongs to God. That's the same as your crops. That's the same as your, the, the cattle. Now, we don't have that today. We're not farmers, but most people aren't. But you understand, th- this time, th- they're dealing in that type of agricultural type of industry. So he's saying, the first one that comes is mine. What's he talking about? The tithe. The tithe is the first. You can interpret that in Leviticus 27, verse 30. Now, keep going with me. And every, verse 13, every firstling of a donkey, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. What is redeeming? Buy back. God's saying, listen, when the donkey gives a baby, I don't want that donkey. Why? A donkey's unclean. Right. Don't, don't give me something that's unclean. So, but you still have to tithe on that. Yeah. So buy it back with a clean animal like a lamb. Yeah. You following? Yeah. Okay. Redeem it. And if thou will not redeem it, in other words, if you don't have something to buy it back with, then you'll break its neck. Meaning, if the donkey gives has a baby, that baby belongs to me. I'm the God of the first. If you don't have something that's clean to buy that back with, you have to break its neck. In other words, don't let it live. In other words, don't let the tie that belongs to God walk around in your life when it needs to be in the local church. Kill it. That's how serious God was about the tithe. It's better to kill the animal than not just offer it to the Lord. Stay with me. And all the firstborn of men among thy children thou shalt redeem. He's not a heathen God. The heathens would take children and offer them to Baal and to Chemoth and to these demons and and do child sacrifice. God is not like that. That's demonic. But God was saying, when you have a baby boy, that's mine. But you can't offer that on the offering sacrifice. So buy it back with a lamb. In other words, the lamb replaces the human being. Don't offer me a human sacrifice, but give me something in its place. What God is saying is, This is not a joke. This is not a game. The first belongs to me. The first of your cattle belongs to me. The first of your crops belongs to me. In our modern vernacular, the first of your paycheck belongs to me. It all belongs to me. Covenant is about putting God first. Not your needs first. Not your desires first. You put God first and then he causes you to to rise to the top of the barrel. But you've got to do that by faith. You still with me? Okay. And the firstborn of men among thy children thou shalt redeem. And now watch this. I never saw this until the Holy Ghost showed it to me. I just jumped. I just jumped around. I was so excited when I saw this. And it shall be when thy son asks thee in time to come. The next generation wants to know, why do we have to do this tithing thing? Because they don't know nothing. They're stupid. Children don't know nothing until you teach them. That's the time will come when your son will ask thee, saying, what is this? What is what? What is this tithe thing all about? And thou shalt say unto him, listen now, this is the definition for the tithe. Are you listening? By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt. And from the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go. That the Lord slew all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. Both firstborn of man and firstborn of beast. Therefore, therefore, therefore. Because he did that in Egypt. 
Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all that opens the womb, being males, and all the firstborn of my children I redeem. And it shall be a token unto thine hand and frontlets upon thine eyes. In other words, keep this ever before you, children. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. I don't know if you see what I'm talking about, but I'm going to help you see it. God, when they were coming out of the bondage land of darkness called Egypt, which represents sin and the kingdom of darkness, when they were coming out, he wouldn't let them go. It took striking down the firstborn of the king or the, or the pharaoh in order for him finally to say, go. Do you understand? So what he's saying is we were in bondage. We only got out of bondage into the promised land because God struck down the first. And because he struck down the first, which gave us freedom, we will tithe and put down our first to honor what God did and to remember he brought us into the land of promise. And I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, son, and I said, yes. And he said, you also were in the land of bondage. And I, the king of kings, not just the Pharaoh, I struck down my firstborn. God put Jesus, he, he said, let it pass. And he said, no, son, I can't let it pass. This cup pass from you. He said, not my will, but thy will. God led Jesus into that cross and then turned his back because he couldn't see the sin. Son. You also were in the land of bondage. You also had a Pharaoh, a taskmaster called Satan. You also needed to get out, but couldn't get out. There was no way you could get out. But I, the king, struck down my firstborn. And by me giving my son, you came out of the land of darkness and into the land of glorious light. Therefore, therefore, you tithe today. You take your precious, your first, your thing that is special to you, that represents your labor. You take your first and you strike it down and you say, Father, this belongs to you. Why? Why? Because I remember you struck down your first. You know why it's more for the new covenant? Because everything in the old was a shadow. We have the substance. It was all a type. We have the reality of that type. Everything pointed to the church. Everything pointed to Jesus. Everything pointed to the cross. They tithe because it was symbolic of their deliverance. We tithe because we've got a greater deliverance than they ever had. We have the son of God being struck down, not just Pharaoh's son. We came out of spiritual darkness, not just a land called Egypt. If you don't tithe, you insult the Lord Jesus and his blood. Tithing is a way to remember your salvation. You're not buying it, it was free. You've got it free. But when I tithe, I'm saying, Lord, I take my best and I give it to you because you took your best and you gave them for me and you brought me out and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So I offer you my best and by the way, his best receives my best. There it is witness that he liveth 
forevermore. Jesus was God's best. He is waiting for my, the honor, the worship, the reverence of my covenant act of tithing. And he receives that. That's why we tithe, brother and sister. That's why it is ludicrous to say it is not for the new covenant. It is more for today than it ever was for there. Because we have the substance what they only had the shadow. We've got Jesus that was struck and raised back up. That's why I'm free. That's why we have church. The tithe is a constant reminder. I bring you my best because you gave me your best. I'm not buying it, it's free, but I honor you and the remembering of you and what you did for me. Lord, the least I can do is if they honored you for putting down Pharaoh's son, how much more do I honor you for putting down Jesus? Are you with me? Every time you tithe, remind yourself, this represents Jesus, God's best being poured out for me. Because of that, I'm in a new place. I have freedom. I have healing. I'm on my way to heaven. I've been redeemed out of the hand of darkness because of what he did. The least I can do is give back to Jesus the first that I have. It reminds me that he gave his best so I would be free. So for a New Testament Christian to try to talk about the legalities of the law of Moses and say that it is not for this dispensation is as crazy as saying that I'm an astronaut. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not scriptural. It is more for us today than it was for them. It represents our freedom from hell. And, and, and if you know that now and you still don't do it, you're gonna to answer to Jesus because remember when revelation comes, when light comes, you, you are responsible for what you heard. Guess you shouldn't have come to church tonight. But you are responsible for what you've heard. You, I'm telling you, when your babies ask you, when my son Luke asked me, Daddy, why do we, and he did, by the way, the other day, because he got a present and I said, now what are you going to do with that? I'm going to tithe. And he says, but can I give more offering than just 10%? I said, honey, you can do whatever you want. So he brought his tithes and his offering, put it in his envelope, wrote his name on it. And then he said, by the way, he's very precocious, by the way, why do we do this? I said, I'm so glad you asked. Yes. So I opened the Bible and I read it to him. When your son asks you, why do we tithe? We'll have an answer for them. We tithe because God brought us out. And we give God our best because he gave us. And I said, honey, we're not just in the land of Egypt. We're not just talking about Pharaoh's son. We're talking about God's son. We're talking about getting us out of darkness, spiritual darkness, and into the born again light. I said, honey, that's why we tithe, to honor what God did in sending his best. We give our best. Our first is our best. Amen. And it's like, you know, little children, they don't argue. He just said, okay, fine, just wanted to know. He walked off. <laughs> I'm so used to adults fighting with me and, well, are you sure? And... What does it say in the Hebrew? A little kid, just, okay, fine, Dad. I just want to know. I, okay, it's about Jesus, and I'm grateful for Jesus. I'll just tithe for the rest of my life. That's all. It's not complicated. It's not hard. Don't, don't, don't overcomplicate it with your legalism. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. I go to some place, and I preach this, and there's not one amen. But I'll tell you something. The pastor is on the edge of his seat. The pastor is the only one saying, glory, hallelujah, Amen. 
because he's been laboring with those fools to get them to tithe and they've been withstanding him. But not this church. That's why, that's why you're responding because you're doing it. Maybe you should all respond so that nobody thinks you're not doing it. Yeah, that would be good. Hallelujah. We tithe to honor God. Why? Because his son was given that we would be free. I give my best because he gave his best and my best is received by his best. Hallelujah. There's such a war against it because the devil hates it. He doesn't want us funded. He wants us merchandising the anointing with a bunch of other scams. And God has set a system that was long before the law of Moses. Just follow God's system. Don't use your magic milk. Don't use your weird gimmicks. Just follow the system. And in your heart, know that this is directly because of your salvation that you get the privilege to tithe. Not the obligation, the privilege of tithing. It's a privilege to tithe. It's a privilege to say, Jesus, woo, thank you. Thank you for coming and saving me. You were God's best. Here, my best. Oh, it's not mine. It belongs to you anyway, but my heart is so happy to be able to return it to you. And here's an offering on top of that. Thank you. I'm a covenant man. This is a covenant act. You received the reverence of my covenant and my obedience. Now, Lord, now, Lord. Now, listen, don't end there. That's where most Christians end it. It's just this heartfelt, rightfully so, sober, heartfelt, loving Jesus. I do it for you. But don't stop there. You'll rob yourself if you'll stop there. God doesn't want you to stop with just loving him and being so reverent. He wants you to say that and then pause for a moment and then say, now. Now. Lord, the conversation is not over. Now I hold you to your word. Because you said, prove me that I will not open the windows of heaven. So, Father, I got some blessings here. And if you didn't want me to have it, you shouldn't have written it. So I've read them. They're about the tithe. And I'm going to claim them. You see, don't just stop with your honor. Now start to claim the rewards and the blessings of that honor. Hallelujah. So let's have a look, please, and then we'll close at Deuteronomy 6. It shows us some blessings here. Now, you don't have to write notes on this because I'm going to give you a handout afterward that shares all of this with you if you would like. But I'm not handing it out now because then you'll read ahead and you'll ruin my sermon. I just don't trust you. I just not, not at all. Hallelujah. So we're just going to, we're going to let just go one se section at a time here. And I want you to start reading with me and I'm going to list you 10 blessings associated with the tithe. And I want you to, I, I, if you're smart, you'll listen and you'll go and talk to God about this and you'll say, Father, I hold you at your word. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. If you don't want me to have it, don't write it. Yeah. I got eyes. Yeah. I can read. God wants us to have it. He put us in there so that we would read it. He's not thinking, oh, Holy Ghost, my God, let's hope nobody else sees that because I don't know where we're going to figure out all these blessings from. His streets are made of gold. He, he can figure it out for us. He can figure it out for us. In fact, when the children of Israel had no food in the wilderness, God created manna. If you don't have it and it's not around and he can't get it to you, he'll make it. And then this is something else that 
freaks me out. I didn't read it to you, but it's just amazing. In the Holy of Holies, which is the holiest place in the Ark of the Covenant, which is the place where God's presence was, where the tablets were, where the Word was, where Aaron's but, uh, you know, staff that budded, which represents resurrection life. The Holy of Holies is your spirit. That's symbolic. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's in our spirit, man. That represents that. And in the Holy of Holies, in the Ark, there was actually something called a pot of manna. God told them, do a tenth. Very interesting. Do a tenth of the normal amount, which is an omer, it's called the tenth, and put that in a pot, a golden pot, and put it in the Ark of the Covenant. Why? As an eternal remembrance, the Bible says, for every generation to come, that when you are in a hard place, I will supernaturally supply your need. I'm telling you, that'll preach. God was saying to them, when you were in a hard place, I made it if I couldn't find it. And I fed you and I took care of you and I met your needs. Now put that in the ark and I want you to always remember it's something so holy, put it in the ark of the covenant as an eternal remembrance. Your God will supply your need no matter how bad it gets and if it's not there, I'll make it. Manna rotted in a few hours. This manna lasted for centuries. It was a continuous miracle that this manna would last in the pot in the ark. And it was a tenth of the normal amount of manna, which God is giving a little hint here and saying, I'm going to supply. I want you to remember, I'll supply. But remember, it's a tenth. Remember, you tithe. Your tithing opens the door to my supply. Now, we're supposed to hold that. They had it in the Ark of the Covenant. In the New Testament, we're in better. We're supposed to hold a revelation in our spirit. In my spirit, there's a pot of manna, so to speak. In my spirit, there's a revelation in here. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care what happens in the economy. I don't care. My God will supply my need. And if he can't find it, and if he can't find a human to bring it, he will make it. And that is inside my spirit as an eternal remembrance. My tithe opens the door to creative miracles. My God. So much in the Old Testament that applies to us. So that's why there's not that many scriptures in the new because God overloaded the old. And he wants you to understand everything. You don't do away with it. You put it through the cross and apply it to the church. Have a read with me there. Where are we? Time was. We're almost done. Deuteronomy 6.1. Now these things are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God command to teach you, that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. That thou might not. It, later it talks about, it repeats about the, the tithe, but I don't want to, I want to go in chronological order. So just trust me, these, this is referring to the tithe because later he talks about the tithe. So these are the blessings associated with the tithe. And I want you to see the first one is in verse two. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes, in other words, obey it, and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son. Remember before he said, when your son asks you, this is what you tell him? Yeah. In other words, you, your children and your grandchildren, teach the next generation my statutes, my covenant, which includes, as you'll read later, the tithe. Now watch this, when you do that, all the days of thy life and thy, and sorry, let me read that. 
to keep all the statutes and commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. This is a promise because you are a covenant person. Take it, my brother and sister, and claim it. My days will be prolonged. And you better start confessing that. Now, that word, if you studied, I don't have time, but if you studied in the original language, the Hebrew, it implies the implication is stronger because your days can be prolonged because God preserves you and keeps you safe. Your days can be prolonged because of your health. But in this context, it's talking about health. So, God, one of the blessings of obeying your covenant, which includes the tithe, is that my days will be prolonged in the earth, I will live long, and I will have health. Now, we know that from the New Testament, but I'm telling you, this is a promise. If you claim it, you won't get dementia. If you claim it, you won't die in a car accident. If you claim it, you won't be going to an old age home when you're 75 or 80 years old because you don't remember anything and you're to so, so I'm not judging, I'm not hurting, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying God's ideal plan is for you to be strong and healthy right till the day you die and you die in your sleep without any sickness. Or you dismiss your own spirit like Charles Capps did. So number one, I have, a, I have a promise that he will by health prolong my days. All right, what's number two? is in verse three. Oh, I like this one. I like this one. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. I know it sounds so simple, but I tell God this almost every day. Father, you said, if I would obey you, and if I would honor you with the tithe, and it's not only the tithe. I'm focusing on the tithe. There's other, other things. You have to honor God on the love walk. You have to honor God with, with a lot of different things. Obey the call in your life. But I'm just focusing on the tithe tonight. And I say, Father, you told me if I would obey this, that it would be well with me. I know that sounds simple. But do you actually tell God, Father, I expect it to be well with me? <laughs> to be well with me. Everywhere I go, well with me. Well with my children. Well with my dog. He's the ugliest dog on the planet, but he's, it's still going to be well with him. He's a French bulldog. He, he, something happened in his hind leg, and I've never heard an animal make a sound like that. It breaks your heart. I mean, screaming in agony. And I picked him up very, very gently, and I took him to the emergency vet, and the vet did x-rays, and all that stuff cost me $2,000. My God, the dog's not even worth $2,000. But anyway, uh, and after all that, he says, he shows me the x-ray. He says, now... The tendon has elongated, and it's impossible without surgery to make it tight again. And the other one is starting to elongate. This is not medically possible to fix without surgery. I said, what about rest? No, can't do it. What about vitamins? What about something? Because the surgery is $6,000. Now, I'll pay the money, but I don't want to pay the money for a dog. I got other things. I got children to feed. Okay, dog's important, but not that important. So he says, now listen, sir, he said, you got to do this. He said, in fact, if you don't do this, uh, it's cruelty to animals. You could be arrested or I have to put the dog down. You can't let the dog go in this condition. It's cruel to the animal. So either I have to put him down or you have to pay the money. I said, can you give me a couple days? He says, but not more than that. He said, just, you got to call me back tomorrow. I mean, they take it serious up there. So I went to my wife. I said, honey, you want to get arrested? I don't know what's going to go happen. I said, I, I, I don't know. We got this dog. I, I feel so bad. He's in such pain, right? They gave him medicine to calm him down. 
And, and I said, honey, you want $6,000 or they have to put them down? I don't know what to do. And, uh, you know, you just kind of in the moment. And I heard the Holy Ghost in my heart say, are you a covenant man? I said, yes, sir. He said, does that extend to your children? Yes, sir. He said, doesn't my word say that your animals will be blessed? I said, yes, sir. With a, on the top, but yes, sir. Like, what are you talking about? And he said, go into his room. He has his own little room. Go into his room. Oh, he does. He has his own room. He said, go into his room and speak to that leg. Now, I'm talking covenant stuff, buddy. God could have given me the 6,000, but God likes to do it the supernatural way. And I, I said, Jenny, come with me. And I walked in that room and I said, now I speak to you in Jesus' name. I said, leg, you listen to me. Tendon, you listen to me. And I command you to go back to normal length. And the other one, you go back as well. And I walked out, but there was faith attached to it. And I said, now don't even look at him. Just go to bed, Jennifer. So she went to bed. I went to bed. The next morning, I come down, open the door. He's standing there with his little stubby tail moving, <laughs> looking at me. And I said, how you doing, boy? And we wrestled and had games for an hour. Amen. He could not walk in agonizing pain the night before and the next morning. And I had to call the vet and say, I don't need your surgery. And you ain't putting my ugly dog down. And he said, why? Because God healed. They don't believe you. They don't believe you. Sir, don't be crazy. That's ridiculous. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, go look at the dog. And I ain't paying for the x-ray. So you want to look at him? You pay for the x-ray. Dog's perfectly healed, been perfectly healed ever since. And it shall be well with you. You have a covenant, my brother. You're a tither. It shall be well with you. you my, there's a minister in Minnesota. His daughter drowned. He was in the ambulance on the way. Pastor Nancy knows the minister on his way to the hospital. I'm giving you this shortened version. And the daughter's dead, a little small kid. And he's in that hospital. And he's obviously, you can imagine what a father is going through. And he hears the Lord speak to him. Tie the rights. And he laid with the people there. Her heart stopped. She's dead. She drowned. And he laid his hands on her. And he said, Father, I have tied the rights. I have covenant rights. In the name of Jesus, come back. And she opened her eyes. You have no idea what the obedience to the covenant will mean for your future. No idea. Don't look at it like money. It's covenant. It's not money. Get over the money. It's covenant. Glory to God. It may be well with me. Now watch verse, keep going in verse two, verse three, sorry. And that, the, and that ye may increase mightily Woo! as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that flows with milk and honey. Number three, you have a right to say, Lord, I'm not just going to increase. I'm going to increase mightily. Mightily, mightily, mightily. If you get thrilled with the word, Pastor Nancy says it'll work for you. I'm thrilled with this. Because I'm a covenant man, I'm a tithing man, I will be to the day I die or go in the rapture. You're too late, you can't talk me out of it. It's for the New Testament more than the old. When I see promises attached with it, it lights me up. It shall be well with me and I shall increase mightily. Not, not just little bit, mightily. My brother and sister, you better, you better lay hold of it. The word mightily means to vehemently enlarge and excel. 
I have a right to excel. My children have a right to excel. If they have a learning disability, the covenant right says they have to be healed. They have to be top of their class because I will vehemently increase and excel because I'm a tither. Woo, Jesus, help us. Drop down to verse 10 because there's stuff in between, but drop down to verse 10. And houses and house, plural, plural, and houses full of all good things. Full, not empty. Houses full of all, not some, all good things. Now watch, which you did not fill. That means somebody else bought it for you. And wells digged which you did not dig. And vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. Number four, I have a right as a tither that everywhere I go there is increase and I don't even pay for all the increase. It's one thing to pay for it because if I'm mightily increasing, I can afford it. But God is saying, I'm just going to go over the top here. I know you can afford it, but what I just want to give it to you. I'm going to give you houses full of good things you didn't even pay for. I'm going to give you dwells you didn't dig, and I'm going to give you vineyards you didn't plant. In other words, increase will come to you as a tither in things that you did not even initiate. It won't work for you if you don't get excited about it. It won't work for you if you forget about it. If you won't work for you, if you go, well, I just, I guess I have to tithe. What a privilege to tithe. What a privilege to tithe. Claim these scriptures. Claim them. Oh, and I like this one. Verse, the, the same verse, but the end of verse 11. And when thou shalt have eaten, thou shalt be full. I put that in its own category. Because there needs to be fullness Fullness, fullness in your gas tank, fullness in your fridge, fullness in your clothing, your, your drawer, fullness. If you, if you're a man, you need suits, lots of suits, not three. If you're a lady, lots of purses, not one. Because he said full. Full means an over an abundance and not just what you need. I don't need it full, Lord. I only need it half full, but I want to give it to you full because the covenant says fullness. Yeah. Hallelujah. I say to the Lord, I mean, I really, I've memorized all of these and I say to the Lord on a regular basis, Lord, the field household is full. Full of healing, full of finances, full of food, full of glory. You told me I have a right to be full. I, I mean, I get, I get ornery with God. I get serious with him because he told me, test me. He expects you to get aggressive with them. That's not rude to get. Don't be rude in your approach, but he wants the bold faith. Yes. Glory. This is, you guys are good. This is, a, this is the best church I've ever preached this in. Usually, usually at this point, I'll have three amens. The pastor and the deacons. But here, my God, you're, you're just like, I feel like I'm at home. I, you're just excited about it. That's because your pastors taught you well. Yes. Now, verse 18, let's drop down there for number, what are we on? Number six, verse 18. And it says, and thou shalt do that which is right. Notice how many conditions. It's always talking about obedience. And good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, he repeats it, and that thou mayest go in 
and possess the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers. The word possess in Hebrew means occupy. As a tither, you have a right to occupy the place in the workplace that you, that you, you have a right to occupy places. You shouldn't be on the fringe. Well, Lord, I'm not really sure if my job's secure. No, no, I have a right to occupy in this business. I have a boss, I'll honor the boss, but I'm not wondering all the time, oh, like the world's always nervous, like cats on a tin roof. No, 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 I occupy. I have a right. I have a right. I have a right to occupy. I worked at customs years ago. I, I was transferred from the drug squad because I did cocaine and all. I didn't do it, but you know what I mean. I, I, <laughs> I seized it uh, <laughs> to the porn squad. And I had to watch all the most vile things that your eyes can ever imagine. Pedophilia. Uh, bestiality, uh, heinous things that are so bad that the liberal government of Canada won't even let in the country. You can imagine how bad that is. And so I go in and the lady is teaching me the job and she says, well, I'm going to put it on now. We're going to watch bestiality together. That's people having sex with animals. And I said, hold it. And I said, I will not participate. That's your job. I said, I don't give a flying fart in space if it's my job. And I looked at her square and I said, look at me. I said, come closer. And she looked at me and I said, I will not and you cannot fire me. That's your job. You have to protect Canada. I said, I have to protect my eyes. Oh, well, she took me to the supervisor and I walked around the suit. I said, come up here, come over here. She was a big woman, 450 pounds. I mean, she could quash me. She walked over to me. She's taller than me. And I'm looking up at her. I said, I'll take you to the Supreme Court of Canada. You cannot make me look at vile things. And I, I was aggressive because they were aggressive. And they're trying to make me watch things that my conscience does not allow because it's my job. And I had to push back on them and say, job or not, my conscience dictates more than your job dictates. And they threatened to take me to court and it was all stressful and all that stuff. And I said to the Lord, I didn't know this verse at that time, but Pastor Nancy and doctor would often say, we're going to occupy a place in the spirit. We're going to, we have a right to occupy. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't know how this exactly works, but you put me here. This is my job because I was traveling on the road, but you know, they didn't give offerings like they do. You know, they just give you an honorarium and you can't live on $200 a week when you're preaching somewhere in Canada and they're too cheap to take an offering for you. So I had to work a job, a regular job. And I said, Lord, you placed me here. I got the job supernaturally. And if doctor says I can occupy a place in the spirit, that means, that doesn't just mean church. That means in this place, I have a right to occupy in this place. In the realm of the spirit, you put me here. They cannot eject me for righteousness sake. And I'm telling you, God worked miracles in that scenario because they wanted to fire me. But because I believe that he's put me in a place to possess God defended me in that situation. And, they, and, the, and, the, and at the end of it all, they said, uh, they didn't admit it at first, but after a while, they put me back on the drugs. Well, not on the drugs. You know what I mean. <laughs> back seizing the drugs, let me specify. And uh, then one of them came up to me and said, I, I just want you to know I really respect the stand you took. Then nobody ever does that. In fact, the other officers are clamoring 
to be in the porn department because they like to watch. More than doing their job, they enjoy it. And that's why they picked you because they know that you don't like to watch. She said, I appreciate you taking a stand. But more people need to take a stand. And this is a sinner talking to me. I have a right to occupy. If I'm right and my heart is right and I'm obeying God and I'm in a job or in any, I have a right to occupy. When I'm in a plane, I have a right to occupy. I don't be afraid when I fly. When I'm in that car, I have a right to occupy. You got you to understand that when you possess something, it means everywhere you go, you're the dominator. Everywhere you go, you're the boss. In the spirit realm, I mean. You submit to those in natural authority. But where I go, I'm possessing. That means I am, I hold a place. Those people on that plane are lucky to have me. Because it can't go down because I'm there. And I really believe that. I'm serious. Hallelujah. That's what possessing means. It means you have dominion everywhere you go. Praise God. Now, verse 19, and it says, possess the good land which God's word is and to cast out all thine enemies from before thee as the Lord has spoken. When you're a tither, enemies have to fall before you. Sickness has to fall before you. Demons have to fall before you. Anything that's in the category of an enemy Do you understand how complete this promise is? I occupy. I have dominion. Enemies fall. Mm. Because I'm a tither. Now, I didn't read you the scriptures, but in this chapter, if you take your time, I don't for sake of time, but if you read it, it talks again about what, what the other verse said that I read earlier in Exodus where it says, when your children ask you. Tell them we do this. It doesn't say all the same thing about Pharaoh, but it references Egypt and it says, tell them we honor God with the first because this is part of our covenant. And then these are all the blessings associated with that phrase, we honor God because of the covenant. And they're talking about tithing, the first fruits. So this is all directly connected to honoring the covenant of tithing. Almost done. Thank you for being patient. My favorite one is verse 24, so go down there. I mean, I I say this, woo, I say this all the time. My God, I say this, even my dog, I'm training my dog like a parrot to just say it. They're not as smart as parrots, so they can't, but I wish my dog could. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, obey him, covenant acts like tithing, to fear the Lord our God, that means to show reverence for him, for our good. Always. I tithe for my good. Well, I just do that for my pastor. No, 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 no. I tithe for my good. Always. Every day I say, Lord, just want you to know I'm a covenant man. I obey you today for my good always. For my good always. Deuteronomy 624 tells me that when I obey you, it is for my good. Now, if I obey you, it might bless other people. But it's for my good always. Do you want good always? Obey him. When you tithe, it's not just for the good of the church. It's for your good. It's for your good. Start laying hold of it. Father, this is for my good. This is for my good always. I'm an obedient tither and it's for my good. For my children's good. For my dog's good. Everything is covered by that obedience. Everything is covered by that obedience. Hallelujah. Every day I say, Lord, Deuteronomy 6.24 says, for my good always. 
I expect good today. I expect to be full today. I expect to occupy today. I expect enemies fall to me. But I expect things that I didn't even pay for to come to me today. I expect a mightily increase. I expect to be full. I expect to be well. You understand? I'm serious about this. This is, this is real to me. And I live it. This works. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it'll work for you if you work it. And the last one, number 10, sorry, number 9, and in verse 24, and it says, and that he may preserve us alive as it is this day. Remember at verse 2, all the way at the top, it says that he would elongate or prolong the days of our life. This one says that he may preserve us alive. Now, if you studied in the Hebrew language, the inference is not healing on this. Both are talking about long life. The first one is talking about health. This verse 24 is talking about protection. So what God is saying is, as a tither, I will protect you. I will make you live long because I'm not going to let people mug you, rob you, have accidents, crash into things, die prematurely. There is divine protection in that covenant. And he's promising this in number nine. And then the last one, which is in verse 25, this is interesting. And it says, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord God as he has commanded us. Now, in the Old Testament, it was count their obedience and faith was counted to them as righteousness. So what, what he's saying here, what they're saying, what, what Moses is saying when he wrote this is, Lord, we're going to obey you and we're going to have all these blessings because we obey you, but we're also going to obey you simply because it's right. It's right. It's our righteousness. It's our act of rightness to obey you. Are you with me? Yes. Now listen, your righteousness today is not based on your obedience to the tithe. Your righteousness today is based on Jesus. You are righteous. They were taking it on credit and they had to obey and have faith in order for it to be counted, credited as though they were righteous because the blood hadn't been shed. But I don't, my righteousness doesn't, my tithing doesn't make me righteous. Jesus makes me righteous. But there is scripture, and again, for the sake of time, I won't read it, but you can write it down. In 1 John 2.29 and in 2 Timothy 2.22, both of those scriptures tell us that when we obey the word, when we do the word, we are practicing or pursuing righteousness. I, my obedience doesn't make me righteous. The blood made me righteous. But when I obey God, I am pursuing right living. And the Bible says that that's very important. You are righteous, but you have to live in a way. I was made righteous, but now I have to live holy. I have to live separate. I have to go in the paths, plural, of righteousness. I have to live in a way that pursues right living. It doesn't make me right, but it is a part of my covenant that I live right. So the 10th one is very simply, Lord, I do this for you simply because I am pursuing righteousness. I am righteous, but I'm pursuing actions that are conducive to right living. Amen. That's the 10th point. That it stands alone. So there's nine blessings, but the, the 10th one is I do all this, Lord, simply because it's right. I'm made righteous, but I am pursuing a righteous lifestyle by obedience to your word and your word tells me to tithe so it's right to tithe and by tithing I am living my righteousness Amen. my God Amen. 
Again, those verses are 1 John 2.29 and 2 Timothy 2.22. And of course, there's many others. But those verses particularly tell us when you honor the word, you are pursuing righteousness. You already are righteous, but you are to pursue it. So if I could have, I don't know, a couple ushers help me, but uh, I just hand those out. Now, if you could just do one per family. I made 100. I didn't know how many people would be here. And so don't everybody take one. Just take one per family. But I had my staff, to, uh, you know, do this for you because I want to be your favorite preacher. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I ain't got Dufresne Ministries there and your email and your whole stuff down there at the bottom so that it looks like it's from you. I like this quote by Pastor Nancy. Tithing separates you from the world system and the lack of money. You want to be separated? Tithe. Tithing is a great divider. It takes you out of the world's mess and it puts you in God's financial system. And I've written all, the number t all these 10 points of the blessing. I have this on my fridge. All of my congregation have this on their fridge. And I tell them, guys, don't get slack with this. Read it and say, Father, I have prolonged life. Amen. I have health. Lord, I'm, it's going to be well with me in every capacity. I increase mightily. I'll have good things that I don't even pay for. I'm going to be full in every area. Not, not lack. Full. I'm going to go in and possess. I'm going to have dominion and occupy everywhere I go, including my job. You're going to cast out enemies before me. It is for my good always. Hallelujah. And you're going to prolong and keep me alive by divine protection. Why? Because it's right. I am pursuing my righteous lifestyle by honoring you and obeying your word. I keep this up before my eyes. I'm telling you, if you work it, it'll work for you. Get aggressive with God. Don't just come and tithe with an honor. Lord, you struck Jesus, so I do this. That's right. But don't end the sentence there. Father, because I do this, I expect this. Honor me for I honor you. And pour it into my life because I honor you. I'm telling you, if you will do this, it will work for you. God wants you. Many people tithe, but they don't attach faith to the rewards and the blessings associated with the tithe. Hallelujah. If you do this, more will come to you. And then when that more comes, you tithe on that. And then you're blessed. And then you've got stuff for your kids and for your grandkids. Amen. And you've got stuff to help the local church. Amen. I, hope, I hope I wasn't too aggressive with you. <laughs> Sometimes I, I go back and, and, I, and I, I, I might watch. I probably won't tonight. But, but I, I might watch and I think to myself, what is wrong with you? You are nuts. But I'm telling you, that anointing comes on me. I just can't help myself. I just can't help myself. I'm telling you, my brother and sister, don't ever turn from the tithe. Amen. It is a New Testament privilege that we get to participate because Jesus died for us. And these promises will work in the new like they did the old. Claim it, it will work for you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you for World Harvest Church. I thank you if there's anybody in the valley of decision about this covenant act of tithing. Lord, let tonight's message and your word uh, work in their hearts. Let the word, the seed, the incorruptible seed go into their hearts. Let it produce revelation in their hearts. Let them make the adjustment if they need to. If there's people watching, Lord, let them make the adjustment. Lord, it is more for this dispensation than it ever was for the old. You never told them in the Old Testament to evangelize the world. 
but you told us to evangelize the world. And that is why there must be a system of finances for us to be able to evangelize the world. They never had to do that in the old. They were not commissioned to go into all the world. We are commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And the tithing covenant of the New Testament will fund those global efforts. So Lord, I thank you if there's people that need to repent tonight for not tithing or for partially tithing or for getting slack in the tithe, let them make that change tonight. This Sunday, when they come to church, let them bring the back tithe. Let them bring what they have missed. Let them bring what they have skipped. Let them bring it in Jesus' name to this local church, not to some traveling minister. Let them bring it to this local church and to Pastor Morgan. Let them show honor for this tithing covenant. And let them release their faith that these blessings will not just come on them, but overtake them. And it will work for them. It will work for them in Jesus' mighty name. I bless them and I thank you for their kind attention, Lord. I thank you, Lord, this will help them in the days to come. And let them teach the next generation why we tithe. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, Amen. Thank you. I love you all. I bless you all. And uh, thank you for being strong and faithful tithers to the vision of World Harvest Church. Amen. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.